the Bible tells us that it's wise to consider the steadfast love of the Lord because it frees us. It utterly destroys Satan's stronghold of habitual wrong thinking that is so just ingrained in our thought lives. And it takes Satan's craftily whispered deceptions to you and I. It takes them, it brings them to total ruin and it breaks the chains of our bondage. Hi, and welcome to One Little Candle, a place where God's people can come to be encouraged and inspired to be the light that God calls us to be. And when our flame is burning bright, we can't help but light the flame of others along the way. Don't think that you can make a difference in your little corner of the world? Yes, you can, because all it takes is one little candle. I'm your host, Rebecca Bershwinger. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Hey everyone, I'd like to share something with you that I've struggled with and I know you have probably struggled with and perhaps right now as you're listening are struggling with this very same thing and it's something that really holds us back in our relationship with God. It it puts such a, a damper on our fellowship with Him. It's something that puts us in bondage actually and We often don't even realize that we're in bondage, but we are. And I have something I'd like to share with you that I stumbled upon during one such season in my life where I really was an unwitting slave. I was a slave to guilt, fear, um, failure, you know, guilt over my past mistakes and fear over things that I couldn't control. And that word failure it rang through my brain like an alarm clock that wouldn't turn off. And let me attest to the fact that living in guilt and fear while feeling like a failure, well, frankly, it's exhausting, it's draining, and it's overwhelming, and it sucks the life right out of you. Can you relate to what I'm saying so far? And that's how I spent a few years in my Christian walk being in bondage and not even know it, and just being a slave to that guilt, fear, and feelings of failure. And I just became fatigued and, oh, I guess you could say battle-weary, right? Because our battle isn't with flesh and blood, right? It's with the spirit world. It's, It's with Satan. So I decided one day to just withdraw from the clamor of my noisy world. And I spent an entire day fasting, praising God, and just reflecting upon him in the comfort of my quiet bedroom. And it was there that I poured out my heart to God. I just poured out all of my sorrow, all of my distress. And after some time of quiet, I felt God nudging me I felt him nudging me to write down everything, everything that I had felt guilt over or had fear about. And so I did. (laughs) And you know what? 
I wrote down five, five pages worth. And I mean, when I say five pages worth, I mean front and back. I was shocked and amazed at just how much I had written. (laughs) And seeing it all down on paper, it really hit home and it brought to life for me the extent of the heavy burdens that I had been dragging around with me this whole entire time. Talk about a ball and chain, right? And so I sat there and I thought, well, Lord, it's all down on paper. So now can you like give me a word or something to reflect upon? Because I really need it, God. And I don't know, I just, I decided to begin to meditate on some Psalms. And I opened my Bible and my eyes fixed their gaze on the verse um, from Psalm 107. It's Psalm 107, 43. And it said this, whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. Hmm. And the thing is, quite some time ago, I had actually gone and underlined the word steadfast love in my Bible because I noticed that it was in there a lot. And so I just went through and I underlined them every time that I saw them. And after actually doing a little research, um, the word steadfast love is in the Bible 196 times and 127 times in the Psalms alone. And even though I had spent time underlining the words steadfast love in my Bible, I, I never really took the time to consider or contemplate, examine, ponder, meditate on exactly what steadfast love meant. So at that moment, I decided that an impromptu word study was in order, and I am so glad I did it. Because, and as I dug deeper into the word steadfast, its meaning, um, its its synonyms, synonyms, I finally began to grasp God's steadfast love for me. It really was a game changer for me. And I began to realize as I did this word study that no matter what I'd done as a believer, that God's love for me is steadfast. And you know what, my friend, the same goes for you. The same goes for you. So I would love it if you would join me in this word study. Now, perhaps you're in a situation right now as you're listening where you can actually have some quiet time and sit down and get your Bible out. And I highly recommend that you do that. Um, But perhaps you're in your car listening to this and and that's great. Please listen to it. It's still going to, oh, it's just going to fill you with so much and encourage you. And then later on at some point, you can just play it again when you do have your Bible out and you can go look at these things for yourself. So yeah, here we go. We are going to do a mind renewing word study and it's just two words, steadfast love. But I found for me that these two words broke the chains of bondage and set me free. And I want it to do the same for you, my friend. Because as you do this study, I want it to be so that you will treasure in your own heart God's steadfast love for you. And that as you do this, you will truly discover God in a healthy, new, refreshing way as you're given the gift of a deepening knowledge of God's steadfast love 
for you. So what I did and what I'd like you to do is to begin by reading, and this is a long psalm, it's a long chapter, Psalm 119. And again, it's mentioned in other psalms too. I'm not just saying you have to stick to this psalm, but this is just a great start because Psalms 103, 107, 108, 117, and many more speak, and I think the Book of Lamentations, I know there's other areas in the Bible that they speak of God's steadfast love. So go through and underline or highlight all the verses that contain the words steadfast love. Because what we're going to do is we're going to soak up, we're going to drink in the definition of the word steadfast and its synonyms. Okay, ready? Steadfast. The word steadfast, it's defined as a sureness and continuousness that can be depended upon. And the synonyms for steadfast are loyal, faithful, determined, committed, relentless, I love that one, unchanging, unwavering, unfaltering, unflinching, firmly fixed, and enduring. All those things, though, they apply to God's love for us. Let's put it in these terms. Steadfast love. God's love for us is a sureness and continuousness that can be depended upon. God's love for us is loyal, faithful, determined, committed, relentless, unchanging, unwavering, unfaltering, unflinching, firmly fixed, and enduring. In terms of God's love for you, what's it saying? Well, it's saying that God's love for you is sure, it's firmly fixed, and it will never change. Remember that word unflinching? It doesn't flinch. And flinch means to recoil, wince, or draw back in fear or distaste. So in other words, when you mess up, my friend, and you miss the mark, and believe me, we do it all the time. God's love doesn't flinch or recoil in distaste. His love for us stays the same. It's still determined, loyal, faithful, committed, unchanging, unwavering, unfaltering, all those wonderful things. Let's look at the word relentless. His love for you is relentless. Relentless means continuous, nonstop, endless, and untiring. God never stops, never tires of loving you. Basically, you cannot escape God's steadfast love. You could try (laughs) and you can't because remember, God's love is not dependent upon what you do or don't do. And I know maybe you're having a hard time absorbing this because sometimes it just kind of bounces off me too. And, And I don't absorb it and I don't embrace it or fully believe it. I've struggled with it before, but it doesn't make it any less true that God never stops and never tires of loving you. You cannot escape his steadfast love because God is love. Love is who he is. Again, thank God that it's not dependent upon what we do or don't do because God, you know, his love isn't endowed to you um, out of some sort of obligation. 
he can't help but steadfastly love you because, because it's who he is. Our earthly relationships, they're flawed, right? No matter how close our relationship to someone, it's flawed because we're a flawed people. Others disappoint us and they let us down. And sometimes we've disappointed others and let them down. Or sometimes, as I struggled with, we're disappointed with ourselves. We're disappointed as a result of past mistakes or failures that we've all made. And because of either others or ourselves, what do we do? Well, we start to feel unloved or unlovable. And I guarantee you, when you carry those feelings around, they are inevitably going to spill over into your relationship with your heavenly father, with your creator. You are going to begin to doubt his love for you and perhaps not even realize it. But thankfully, right? Thankfully, our reality is much different than our feelings. I love how God describes himself in the book of Exodus chapter 34, verse six. God describes himself like this. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Don't you just love that God himself uses the word steadfast love to describe himself? He says he's abounding, profuse, generous, boundless, and inexhaustible, abounding in his steadfast love. And what's wonderful is that his abounding and profuse, generous, boundless, inexhaustible, steadfast love is directed at you and me. Mm -hmm. But here's the problem. We have Satan, the great deceiver the father of lies, the accuser of the brethren. You know, this guy loves to remind us of our past mistakes and our sins. He's really good at throwing those in our face. But the thing is, as God says in the Bible, when we go to God in repentance, we ask for forgiveness. God chooses to forget them. He forgets our past sins and mistakes. As the Bible says, he throws our sins as far as the east is from the west. That verse about God um, removing our transgressions from us as far as the east is from the west, that is found in Psalm 103, verses 7 through 12. But have you ever thought or wondered why that term is used as far as the east is from the west? And for the longest time, I did not know this but I researched it. And you see, if God said as far as the North is from the South, well, that could be measured because we have a North Pole and the South Pole, and we've measured the distance between the North Pole and the South Pole. So there is a distance and we know what that distance is. You can only travel so far to the North or to the South, okay? Because the North and South meet at the poles But the east and west is different because they never meet. There are no poles. No matter how far you travel east, you're never going to reach a point at which your next step would be westward. (laughs) So God in his wisdom didn't say as far as the north is from the south. He said as far as the east is from the west. I thought that was pretty cool. So yes, God chooses not to remember our transgressions. He 
removes them from us as far as the east is from the west. And I don't know about you, but I have a habit, and I think we all are guilty. Why would we keep reminding God <laughs> about our sin, right? Um, he doesn't want us to carry that around with us, guilt and condemnation over our past mistakes and failures that we've gone to him and sought forgiveness for. And we forget that God sees us as the person we're yet to become, right? We're all fearfully and wonderfully made. We're created with a purpose. God knows what it is, even if we don't. Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are God's handiwork. Okay, handiwork meaning his workmanship or his masterpiece. We are God's handiwork workmanship, masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Again, Ephesians 2.10. So my friend, when God sees you, he doesn't see your mistakes or your failures. When God sees you, my friend, he sees you as his masterpiece. And let's not forget the definition of masterpiece. It's a work of outstanding artistry, an artist's greatest work. God sees you and me as one of his greatest works. A lot different than we see ourselves, huh? So back to the verse, whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. The Bible tells us that it's wise to consider the steadfast love of the Lord because it frees us. It utterly destroys Satan's stronghold of habitual wrong thinking that is so just ingrained in our thought lives. And it takes Satan's craftily whispered deceptions to you and I. It takes them, it brings them to total ruin and it breaks the chains of our bondage. If God sees us the way his word says that he sees us, if his love for us can never be changed, it's unfailing, unfaltering, unflinching, unwavering, firmly fixed and enduring. There is nothing, my friend, that you can do that's going to discourage God from loving you ever. Like the Apostle Paul says in Romans 8 verses 38 and 39, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, nothing separates us from his love. I know from experience, we have seasons where we don't feel his love. We don't seem to be abiding in it, right? But keep in mind, he hasn't gone anywhere. It's not that he's withdrawn his love or loves us less. We have withdrawn ours. We're the one that has moved because again, he's firm, he's fixed, he's steadfast. We need to move back to him Is this sinking in at all? Are you starting to feel it? Are you drinking it in? Is it hitting home, my friend, that God loves you and that he'll never stop? Is it sinking in that when you go to him in repentance, he forgives you 
and he cast your sins away as far as the east is from the west, and there is no reason for you to still be carrying those burdens around. He doesn't want that for you. He doesn't want that for any of us. He wants us free, free to love, to love him and to love others the way he loves us. I am so very grateful that God led me to that verse in my room that day. And it's wonderful, but it's definitely a lot to wrap one's brain around. And I still have to go back and digest it from time to time. Because as Satan um, shoots his arrows my way and life just throws so many things at us, um, honestly, it's easy to forget. It's sad that I have to say that, but that's our reality in our fallen world. It's easy to forget God's goodness, his love, how much he loves us, and the things he's done for us. And I think it's so much for us to digest because God's love, it's so very different from mine. It's so very different from yours. His is a very perfect love. Mine is very imperfect. But I want you, my friend, to learn not to judge God's love based on yours. Your imperfect way of loving here on earth, it's far from steadfast and so isn't mine. But thankfully, right though our love isn't steadfast, God's always is always. So what I want you to do is to settle in. And what I mean by settle in to, or to settle into is to get to know, become familiar with a new way of life, adjust by getting a new way of thinking and making yourself comfortable. That's what it means. That's the dictionary definition of settling into. Settle into God's steadfast love for you. Make yourself comfortable. Comfortable means to be free from stress or fear or at ease, restful, relaxed, secure, safe, unworried, and contented in it. (laughs) I know those were a lot of words, but you know, I'm hoping you have the ability to go back and play this and and write them down. And you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to um, put out a... um, a little PDF on it so you can actually just just print it out and have those words there to see and again to just soak in to drink up let it sink into your heart your mind and your soul all these words because yeah I did kind of throw a lot of words at you but if you settle into God's steadfast love for you okay and you make yourself comfortable in it You, my friend, will have a new way of thinking and you'll be free from that stress and that fear and that living a life of bondage, right? And you're going to instead live a life that's much more secure, unworried and content. And you know what? You're going to glorify God in the process, right? Because isn't that what we're all called to do? Isn't that our purpose is to glorify God? How can we glorify God if we're just carrying such burdens around with us and letting our past failures and mistakes and hurts weigh us down so we can't even feel God's love? Because as God reminded me, if I'm not receiving his love, see, these things keep us from receiving his love. 
If I'm not receiving God's love, I'm not giving it. God told me one night as I was realizing that I had not been receiving his love. And he said, you can't give what you don't have now, can you? And as always, he was right. He was right. And listen, if that liar, Satan, tries to deceive you once again, because guess what? He will. Because he in no way wants you abiding in God's steadfast love. Because when we're abiding in the love of God, that's powerful, right? 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, right? The greatest of all the gifts are love. We can have all these other spiritual gifts and be doing seemingly mighty things for God. But if we don't have love, God says it's all futile. It's pointless. It's worthless. It's empty. So yes, if the liar tries to deceive you once again, he will. He doesn't want you abiding in God's steadfast love. You know what? Then go back and ponder it all again. I've had to. Ponder it as many times as you have to in order for it to sink down deep into the depths of your heart. And please don't get discouraged, my friend. Instead, remember, freedom, it doesn't have to be all at once. It doesn't have to come all at once. This freedom, it can happen in small steps, and often it it does. It happens in small steps and in stages. But I just want to encourage you to persevere. Don't give up because the fact of the matter is God is stronger than any chains that Satan can bind you in. Do you want to know more about God? Are you looking for true peace and hope in your life? True peace and hope, that's only found in God. If you want to know more about God and how you can experience his love and peace, Peace with God, a ministry of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, will show you the way. Log on to www.peacewithgod.net. That's www.peacewithgod.net. And find the peace and hope that you've been looking for.